The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Crazy how fast a year goes. In fact, you might remember last summer talking about and praying about this whole campus conversation. And uh, last Sunday was the, ver- the one-year anniversary. Um, so we were over there yes, uh, last week excuse me, and had a great time just celebrating what, what's going on. Um, I want to celebrate with Andrew as they get up here and Amanda. But... Um, the other thing that we want to celebrate is that it's also their 10-year anniversary as part of the Grove Church on staff. And so, um, yeah, you can give it up for them. It's been fun. It's been fun to celebrate. Like I said, we celebrated over there actually both things as well, the one-year anniversary of the campus and all the volunteers that it takes to make that happen. If you weren't aware um, that they meet at the Performing Arts Center at Snohomish High School, they do set up and tear down every week. They meet at 10 a.m. and they're doing a great, great job. But uh, one of the things I want to mention is that uh, 10 years provides really limitless uh, memories of like you guys and life and, and moments in ministry and, and, you know, Andrew and I riding a tandem bike in short shorts for fun and um, just all kinds of crazy, crazy memories. But one thing they found out just last week was that the day uh, of their wedding, they, they, Andrew started on staff in June of 2009 and they were engaged, but they weren't married yet. They got married two months later. They asked me to perform this ceremony, which was a huge honor. Um, but when I got there, we're getting ready for the ceremony, I realized I forgot the marriage certificate. And they got married in Seattle, so I actually had to ask somebody to drive here, uh, oh, cutie pie, um, to drive here to get it and go back. And, and so they're legally married, just want you to know that. And, um, and of course, over 10 years, it's really fun to watch that, you know, they have a couple of kiddos. There's Liddy, who's so sweet. Hi, cutie pie. <laughs> Love you, kid. And June. And uh, of course, they got one on the way. And so that's exciting as well. But uh, I just want to share, the, the, the biggest thing I think for me is that, yeah, we have a lot of memories, and, and I love you guys like crazy, and I've known you both for almost ever. I know Heather's literally known you, Amanda, since you were born, and um, so a lot of great memories. But what I love is that ever since we got the phone call about a year and a half ago about this idea of a campus, uh, Andrew, I was on speakerphone with this individual, and Andrew wasn't supposed to hear the conversation. So Andrew happened to be there and heard the whole conversation. And so a little while afterwards, he goes, hey, I know that you're not asking me about this, but I would love to be a campus pastor. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, so my thought really, my first thought really was, I guess you want to leave me, but that's okay. It's fine. I'm, I'm getting over that. But you guys, having done this campus the conversations Heather and I have enjoyed having have been this, watching you guys grow, watching you guys mature, watching you guys take on. <laughs> you can give her the mic if you want. I mean, she's got her own sermon, I guess. You heard that, didn't you? Yeah, don't let her do that. So, um, but, but really, Heather and I both having conversations about watching you guys grow as leaders, watching you guys lead a campus, and, and not that you haven't already done a great job in ministry, but even more so this last year, um, taking on this journey. And I, we're just, we're really proud of you. I know there's a lot of individuals here that you've been here for years, and, and you, like I do, you miss them being around regularly. And yet, we're trying to live out as a team what we talk about when we say things like we give up things we love. Love having Andrew and Amanda and their family here. Love what they get to do with us. But love even more the idea that we get to reach people because we get to be in Snohomish with these guys. And so um, we live it out, but we love you like crazy. And um, I want to take a moment, and we got a little game we're going to play. 
And the game is called What Were You Thinking? And, uh, and so it's, it's not an insulting thing, although it sounds that way, but the idea is I've got some random photos we're going to show that neither of them have seen, and uh, I want to know what goes through your mind when you see uh, these photos. So okay. let's start with number one, ready, go. Oh my okay. word. So Look time out that. real quick. Before you comment, you if you don't know, Andrew is the one in the blue tank top. Yeah, so, look at there that. There you go. Oh, wow. This is all my cousins and my brothers in California. I'm thinking we're, we're trying to be like a gang. We're, we're thinking okay. we're growing up in the hood, uh-huh, Southern California. Sure. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a little bit intimidated it, by you, yeah. so I didn't yeah. All right. Okay, so picture number two. What were you thinking? Ready, go. Wow. These pictures, oh man, we're so young. I'm thinking, um, too young. Okay, time out. Too young. Time out. If too you want to know how difficult ministry is, this was taken a year ago today. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Oh man, yeah, we're probably, Amanda and I are like 15, 16 here, maybe. Yeah, we dated way too long, way too young. Don't do it, young people. Okay, so that's what, I want. That's that's what, what you're thinking. thinking. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, All that's right, a good one. Next picture, here we go. Oh, this is a great one. So this is Nathaniel, their brother on the left, and then, yes. of course, Andrew, and then Jordan on the right, without facial hair. So. Yes. Oh, I'm, I love these pictures. I'm thinking of just, oh, I don't know, just how much my brothers mean to me. Yeah, this nothing like brothers. If you have brothers, there's nothing like it. Yeah. So I'm thinking about that, yeah. In another service, we <laughs> talked about how they shared a bed uh, for years. That's right. But Andrew wanted to clarify, not at the same time. They just no. shared who got to sleep in That's the bed right. for a long time. Well, so. And we shared underwear, but not at the same That's, time as I well. <laughs> so just for clarity. But Have you ever heard of TMI? <laughs> like TMI, right there. Just time out. Yep. But, uh, Thank the Lord for homeschooling. So, <laughs> anyways, but. so what you're saying is you made your own underwear. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I made And butter. And so, butter, of course. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, hey, um, I want to I wanna take a moment, and, and we, like I said, we actually got gifts for you for every service, wow. and we did a little homework uh, trying to find out your guys' favorite things, and now, Liddy, you got to wait one more service, and we have something for you Ooh, in June, too. Okay. So you'll more. be getting that. I know you're being so patient and so good, and we love Thank you, you so good job. But um, what I want to do is uh, I want to have everyone stand, and if you're relatively new, maybe you're not super familiar with this. If you've been around, we do this every now and then, but I'm going to ask you, just as a show of unity together and prayer together over them, uh, first of all, congratulations on 10 years. And we love you like crazy. And clap for that. I want to ask you to stretch your arms out this direction, and we're going to pray together a blessing over them. God, we love this family so much. And we're so blessed, Lord, to be able to see them, Lord, become the kind of uh, individuals, pastors and, and, and uh, married couple and family that they've become over 10 years. That, Lord, 10 years and three months ago, they weren't married yet, and Andrew was brand new on this team. And then 10 years and one month ago, they were brand newly wed a couple. And now they're 10 years into marriage, and they've got two sweet, sweet girls, and they got a baby on the way that we are excited about. And Father, we're praying just every cell in that body healthy. We're praying that you just be that covering as Psalm 139 reminds us you're knitting that child together in their womb, and we celebrate that too, God. We love them. Father, for the many ways, as I think in this room, of, of the many of us that have been blessed by them, encourage 
encouraged by them, prayed for by them, um, counseled in scripture and premier, different things in this room, that God, as much as we've been blessed by them, our prayer is God, just 50 times over, 100 times over blessing over them, God, because they've been so awesome to us, to this team, to this church, God. We pray for Snohomish, your covering. We pray it would continue to flourish as it has for a year, that that would just continue. We thank you for your grace there, for your wisdom as they lead. And again, we're grateful for them. We love this journey together, and we thank you for your blessing over them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Express your appreciation towards Andrew and Amanda. Well, we're in a series called Stop Going to Church, and I love that, uh, as I'm dragging this over, trying to make it not look like work, um, I love that I've got more feedback from this banner out in front than any banner we've ever put up, um, because it's like, what in the world are you people thinking, you know, asking people to stop going to church? And today is actually the last in this series, but what I love about it is it stirred conversation. It's brought people into conversation, and some people are not, quote-unquote, church people or people that attend you know, a church anywhere or here or whatever, so they're going like, what is going on there? But I love being able to bring the clarity. The premise of this series has been, we need to stop going to church and start being the church. And so I know we've said that already and you've heard that already because this series is part four, so we've been on this for almost a month now. But, but the whole idea is that the church is not a place. The church is not a building. The church isn't an address. Technically, the church isn't a, even a belief system, although our beliefs do matter, that we center around the work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, that that's the focus and the central idea where we find forgiveness and grace and life and hope and all that. But at the same time, we've got to understand that the church is us, that we are the church. The church is a living body of people, as Paul writes to the church in Corinth in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And so it's important to understand that as a foundation. Now, keep in mind what we've said in this series, and I'm so glad you're here today. What we've said in this series is that we want the bullseye to get smaller and smaller as we end this series, because what we want to do is end with super intentionality. And there's a reason for that that I'll get to in a moment. So we talked about, number one, stop going to church and start being the church. In part two, we talked about in Exodus 18, how Moses was leading the entire nation and everybody was coming to him for wisdom, advice, you know, direction, issues, whatever. And his father-in-law shows up one day and goes, knock it off. You need to select capable people. You need to empower people to help lead. So it's not all on you. And we mentioned how as a church, that's what, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing. And my request leaving that Sunday was that, that every one of us could pray about God. How have you made me capable to be part of the body of Christ because here's the truth none of us is exempt from that question God how have you made me capable to be part of the body of Christ and so then in part three Ryan last week did an incredible job talking about Ephesians chapter four that God has appointed within the church apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists but then he got to the point to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And the truth is, if you've given your life to faith in Christ, surrendered your life to him, the Bible calls you a saint. And that might seem weird or weighty, or you could have a church named after you, I guess, or whatever. But the truth is, you and I, the Bible would say, if we've given our lives to Christ, are saints. So the idea is leadership is established to equip all of us to be involved in ministry. Ephesians 4 goes on to say, so that, okay, the reason for that is so that the body 
of Christ will be fully built up and reach maturity. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, it specifically says, then, and this is for all of us, then we will no longer be infants blown and tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, and this is the key, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up, maturity, into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, here's the key, as each part does its work. So we we, we want to take you on this journey of understanding the theology of the church, the theology of being the body of Christ. What I want to do now is take us from Acts 1 into Acts chapter 6. We'll be here till about 6 or 7 tonight. We've locked the doors. You're not getting out. Turn all your phones off. Quit looking at the Seahawks. But um, let let me just real quick, I'm going to go through Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Acts 1, Jesus has appeared to the disciples. He's already paid the price on the cross, died, rose from the dead, just like he said he was going to, which would make me want to listen to a person like that. So here's Jesus, and he says to the disciples, I want you to wait and pray in Jerusalem, and then you'll be filled with power to be my witnesses all over the place. And then it says Jesus ascends into heaven. They're all like, what in the world? And, and you know, he's gone, and now he's commissioned the church to be his body in the world. It says in Acts 2 then that they were praying together, during a feast, which is a gathering feast of Pentecost, people from all over gathered for this Jewish festival and they're praying together. The believers are in their own area. The believers in Christ are in their own area praying. And it says the power of the spirit was poured out in such an amazing way that there was something like a, a giant breeze and, and tongues of fire came and it settled on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues the spirit enabled. And people are like, what in the world is this? Some people are like, they're just drunk. And Peter, filled with the Spirit, stands up now with courage. Remember, he had denied Jesus and kind of made a mess of things a little bit. Okay, Now he's different. He's filled with the Spirit. And he stands up and says, no, no, they're not drunk. This is what Joel from the Old Testament had to say. That in the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit. The power will come and this will happen. And by the way, it has everything to do, Peter says, with what Jesus has done for us. And and the idea is we want people to know that Jesus paid the price on the cross. You crucified him. He couldn't, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead and he's alive. And he's telling us to go out and help people become followers of him because that's a big deal. And so all of a sudden it says the crowd goes, well, what do we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what we preach all the time. If you want to be forgiven, it's not about how many good things you do. It's about what Jesus has already done for you. And we want people to know that. We want the whole world to realize that. We want everyone to surrender to that. And so we talk about that. In Acts chapter 2 at the very end, it says 3,000 people believed and were added to their number in one day. Think about that. That's mind-blowing. And then as Acts continues, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are kind of walking around and people are challenging them. They're talking about Jesus and they kind of get persecuted and they're like, well, we don't care. we, we got to speak about what we know. So they're talking about Jesus, and, and then in Acts chapter four, uh, the, the Acts chapter three and four, a lame man is healed, and this lame man goes out and tells him, "I'm healed. I used to be lame. Now I'm not." And they're like, "What happened?" They're like, "Well, Peter and John they prayed for me in the name of this Jesus guy, and I can walk again." They're like, "What?" So they're frustrated and they persecute him, and and that's kind of how it goes. But it says in Acts four verse four, because Peter stood up again, 
But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's just men. So you can imagine this is eight, 10,000 maybe people. It's, it's crazy what's going on here. Okay, and then you get to Acts, continue through chapter four and into chapter five, more persecution. In fact, at one point, they, they, they're, they're persecuted and they're like, they were excited about it because they're like, hey, I'm worthy to, to suffer like Jesus did. And we look at persecution like somebody made fun of me for praying in a restaurant, you know, whatever, like big deal, you know. But they look at persecution and go, awesome, who cares? Um, and then you get to Acts chapter six. At this point, like I said, the movement is, is maybe in the ballpark of eight to 10,000 people. And it says this, in those days... When the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to wait on tables um, or to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Go back to Exodus 18. It's like the same conversation Jethro is saying to Moses that they're challenging. Like we understand leadership and we've got to do something different so people can be well cared for because we've grown so large. And it says, we will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. It says this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, or Timon, Parmenaeus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples, verse 7, look at this, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, I bring all of this up because it's one more piece of this series, Stop Going to Church, Start Being the Church. It's one more part of this series to help us understand where we've been and where we're going. And so Ryan last week did a great job and said, be here today because it's an important day. And the reason is because we're going to hit the bullseye today. And we're going to ask of you something that we believe is for all of us, not just a couple staff members or a few key people, for all of us. But here's the deal. What we see over and over in Scripture is, is what you could call logistics. They had to create a system to make sure people were cared for. And as a church, over and over, it's fun to go, wow, look at what God has done. And, and it's always humbling to see that, that, you know, like we started out about 10 years back and there was one service and then there was two and three and four and five and we have campus in Snohomish and, that, and that's great. And that's not, please understand, that's not bragging. It's just like this journey we've been on and the church has grown and we've developed certain ministries to make sure people are cared for and life group development and discipleship and kids ministries and, and, and all this stuff. And we've tried to do our best, but the truth is over and over, we've had to change certain systems and have certain structures in place to make sure people can be cared for. And as much as this becomes logistical, I don't want to take away from, and yet God has really been gracious enough to bless us the way he has. Okay, we, you know, we've become a, a large church, 
And even though like any one gathering isn't necessarily large, like oh, maybe like what, 300-ish people in here or something like that, um, that's not large. And yet, um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we average 1,350 people on any given Sunday. And those are not exaggerated numbers. Those are like real numbers for adults and kids at Marysville and Snohomish on a Sunday, about 1,350, okay? And, and I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's great. That's amazing. But, but I want to make sure we understand what does this mean? Because here's the deal. As a team and as a staff and, 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 and as a church, there's moments where we've said, we need to pray. And a few months ago, we even said, we need to pray and fast about some things. Set aside some time where we're going to eat a meal and we're going to pray and seek the Lord together. And, and we're, just, we're believing, God, what do you want us to do next? Because the reality is this, when we have, um, you know, like right now at Marysville, we have four gatherings, 8.30, 9.45, 11, and 12.15, and then we have one at Snohomish. And, and in a gathering like this, well, there's a lot of people, you know, and that's 11. Of course, at, at 9.45, quite a few people too. At 8.30, not quite as much, but it can still be pretty full. And then 12.15, you know, maybe, maybe half full. You go, there's some room, but, but we're kind of reaching a lid. And what we could do, and I'm just trying to explain this so we're all in, in the same, on the same page. We could just go, we're, we're kind of there. It's, it kind of is what it is, and then that, we're good. We're just, now we just encourage each other, and we get in groups together, and just do life, and that's it. And yet, let, let me ask this simple question. How much is the faith of the next generation worth to us? How much is the faith of the people you've been praying for worth to you? When I think about the family God put you in, and the names that you bring to heaven, when I say bring to heaven, you pray about. The, na- the names that you say, God, would you move in their hearts? Family members that you gather with at Christmas. People that you meet up with in your neighborhood that, that you're getting to know. People that you go to work and, and hang out and spend time and all of a sudden they're more than just coworkers. And you begin to pray, God, touch their hearts. God, bring them to salvation. How much is the next generation's faith worth to us? And the, the, the right answer is, is it's priceless. You can't put a price tag on it. And that's why when I think about, you know what, God has been gracious and we've seen incredible things, but it can't be that we're done. Why? Because I've still got family members that need Jesus. Because you've still got family members that need Christ. Because you still work around people and navigate life with people and have people you've been praying for for years. I still list off to the heavens in prayer names of people I went to school with at Marysville Pilchuck High School. Why? Because I still care about them. And so the, the truth is, we can't just go, well, we're, we're stuck. Nothing we can do. My hope would be this. That when I talk about pray that our property up north would sell, that you're praying about it because we need it to. Because we don't need 57 acres up there anymore. We're, we're moving on with a different vision. And we're going, God, we want to accomplish that, but that's going to help fund a bunch of it. So I hope you're praying about that. And I've said, I think we're close. I still go, I think we're close. I can't announce anything. Yeah, I don't know. But pray about that. That, that when you look at what God has already done, we don't just stop and go, it is what it is, we're good. That we've said before, and it's not about being cool because you have campuses, who cares? That just makes things more complicated, trust me. But that we think about and pray for Stanwood and Tulalip and pray for Everett, Camano Island. We pray for Lake Stevens, Snohomish Monroe. We pray about Granite and Arlington. And the surrounding areas, and go, what does it look like for us to continue to, to plant campuses that eventually become their own thing? But that we continue to believe that God has a future for us together. 
that we haven't arrived, amen? That we believe that people still need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as a church that's become a larger church, I don't want to ever feel like we're, it's cool that we're large. Who cares? The only reason that, that, that maybe that might be a good thing is, is because more people get to hear the message. More people get to take a step and get baptized. More people get to understand who Jesus is. People that you're praying for and I'm praying for, the light begins to come on. You think I'm not giddy about my dad coming this summer? He was here this morning with me, stood right over here. I'm freaking out inside. Outside, I'm like, it's cool, it's cool. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Inside, I'm like, yeah, he's here. My dad is here. So we're in a place where, and I just say that we've become a large church. Now, let me get more specific, okay? So I read, a, I followed a guy named Timothy Keller for a long time as far as uh, books he's written and, and uh, different articles and stuff. And I really respect him as a pastor. He's far older than I am um, and, uh, and has a lot more experience in ministry. But I came across an, an article or a paper, I guess you'd call it, 15 pages long that he's talking about church. And one of the things he talks about in church, and he always is talking about church, but he's talking about this article is, is how to navigate the different size of churches that, that as churches, you know, navigate that they're, they're a house church and then they grow to maybe a hundred, you know, that. And then the dynamic of a church that grows to like 200 and then 300 to 500. And then like a, a medium to large church that's, that's, uh, I think he says 500 to 800. And then the large church that is 800 and up. And, and like, what do you do? And I love what I got to read because it meant we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, what do we do, Lord? It's like he had written on some of this. And I want to read this because I think it might help us understand um, the bullseye here in, in a couple of moments. Timothy Keller, this article, I'm going to, I've taken a few excerpts. And by the way, nobody wants this, but if you want 15 pages of this article, send me an email and I will send it to you. And I love the read, but most of you are like, I just need to fall asleep. So you can read it and that's fine. But um, for me, I, it was really helpful. He starts out with this, a church's functional style its strengths and weaknesses, and the role of its lay and staff leaders will change dramatically as the size changes. Every church has a culture that goes with its size and must be accepted. Most people tend to prefer a certain size culture, and unfortunately, many give their favorite size culture a moral status and treat other size categories as spiritually and morally inferior. They may insist that the only biblical way to do church is to practice a certain size culture, despite the fact that the congregation they attend is much too big or too small to fit that size culture culture. And then I want you to hear this. There is no best size for a church. Each size presents great difficulties and also many opportunities for ministry that churches of other sizes cannot undertake. Only together can churches of all sizes be all that Christ wants the church to be. Now, let me explain just briefly what he's saying is this isn't about a big church is better or a small church is better or whatever. He's literally saying every size is needed. It goes back to Exodus 18. Look, there's groups and organizations that you're, you're, you're leading in the context of tens and fifties and hundreds and, th- and that's, it is what it is. One is not necessarily better than the other. They're just very different in, in how they're structured, how they operate. And I love how a couple of days ago, just a few days ago, we actually met in this room with pastors from all over our city. And we gathered to worship together and have a meal together and encourage one another. And it was awesome. And there's churches in all different sizes in the room as pastors. And, and, and it was a good time. And we got some feedback from one of the pastors afterwards who sent some of us a message just saying, man, it was so refreshing 
It was so encouraging to gather with other pastors and, 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 and worship together and be there to encourage one another. I really, really needed that. And to me, that's the epitome of, we're not competing your church versus our church. No, 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 no. We're in this together, trying to help people love Jesus, trying to help people see how much the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus matters to every person. And so I want to reiterate too, it, it, it doesn't matter necessarily the size. It's not about bigger is better or smaller is better. It's just about the fact that different sizes mean different things. Now, let, let, me, let me get down to the point. I'm going to fast forward through a bunch of this article and say this. As he talks about the large church context, here's something that he says. Studies show that the large church is more accessible and capable of reaching young people, single people, the unchurched, and seekers than smaller churches are. And he gives reasons why. I'm going to fast forward for right now. If you want the article, I'll send it. He gives reasons why, but I'm going to keep going. So the question becomes... If the need for large churches is so great, why are there so few? The main answer is that the key to the large church culture is trust. Now listen to why. In smaller churches, suspicious people are much happier. Every decision goes through a process of consensus that is accessible to any member. A minority that is unhappy with something can block it. The larger the church gets, however, the more and more the congregation has to trust the staff and especially the senior pastor. So this feels like, so, uh, you're trying to gratify yourself when you say that, Pastor Nick? Anyway, so, though the staff and senior pastor must do everything they can to be open to criticism, relationally available, communicate with people in a way that makes them feel included and informed, ultimately a large church runs on trust. That's where it's fun to look at the history of our church and in 10 and a half years, uh, walk this journey of casting vision, of, of praying together and bringing you along the journey of asking to pray together about certain things and, and yet trusting that as we try to set goals and move towards certain things, many of the church body and some of you that have been here for a long time have gone, okay, let's do this. And some of us, I'm uncomfortable, but yeah, or let's try that or whatever. And now looking back, we can go, God has been so gracious and we've seen great things. But here's what it comes down to today. Once again, I'm asking for trust. And I'm not saying some blank check that that just do whatever you want to do at all. What I'm saying is that you would trust in the direction God would have us go. That you would trust that that as a team, as as a board and as a staff, that we are praying together and at times fasting together, asking God, what does the future look like? That you would trust in our passion to, to help to help people experience Jesus. To trust that that when I say things like, stop going to church, start being the church, that we have a plan in mind. It's not just like, well, that's pretty vague. I'll go ahead and be the church, whatever that means. And trust that when that plan asks you to take a step, it has everything to do with the mission. And so I'm asking you to trust that when we bring up today this conversation about you taking a step, that we're in this together. As we say things like, it takes all of us for we to win, it's true. It takes all of us for we to win. And it's biblical that we're all involved in the journey in one way or another. And, 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 and it's not just that we together are the church and this is good for us as a church. Listen to me, this is about you personally taking the steps God would ask you to take so that you're growing personally in maturity. Because on one hand, this is about us, the church. But on another hand, this is about you, the church. Who you're becoming. What God is doing in your heart. What things he's asking of you that you can become what God wants you 
to become. And it all comes back down to a simple card that some of you just sat on when you came and grabbed a seat today. That some of you saw it and you moved it to the side and it fell on the floor. You put it in the seat in front of you and with the pen and stuff like that. But I want everybody to get out this card. And I, I mean everybody. And if you're relatively new and go, ah, this ain't me, get out the card. And if you've been here like 50 years and you go, I've checked every box on this thing, get out the card. Anyway, um, but on the front, it simply says, what's your next step? Now, some of you, I want to encourage you, it says name, email, phone number. I realize that, that some people don't necessarily write legibly. And on one hand, we should have put in brackets at the bottom, please write legibly. Let me just say it right now, please write legibly. And if you're a doctor, hear me today. I know that's hard for you, but I need you to just make sure we can read what's on here. Okay, and then you turn it over. And some of you that, that your vision's been struggling, whatever, you're, you're looking at it going like this. Or you're going like this. Okay, but, but I want to walk through these. And, and, and again, like I said, we'll be here until about six. I'm going to explain every one of these in detail. Um, <laughs> but first of all, when we, you see in green on the back, love God and then connect with each other and then serve all, we've said for years, we believe our purpose is simply this, love God, connect with each other, serve all. We, we put it even in shorter than that, love, connect, serve. And, and what we did was we tried to give some, some steps. What does it look like for you to, to take a step in, in, in loving God more? What does that look like? And, and so there, there's someone here, pizza with the pastors. You go, well, what is that? How's that loving God more? Pizza with the pastors is simply, if, you're, if you're, you're new to the Grove the last six to nine months and you haven't been to an environment like this, it's a gathering where we provide a meal for you and we're gonna sit down and walk through like getting to know some of us personally a little bit and, and hearing a little bit about why we do what we do. Because I know that you go down to the church down the street or up the block a mile or in another city and, and there's differences in certain how things are done and we just want you to hear a little bit more detail about how we do and why we do and stuff like that. Um, and, and you get pizza, kid care is provided for it, but but you could check that, okay? Um, another one, attend weekly. Here's what I know, and as a pastor, I read a lot about church stuff. More and more, people are attending church less and less frequently. And I just wanna bring that challenge to you that, that right now the statistics are people attend church one to two times a month. Just a few years ago, it was two to three times a month. And so I believe a healthy habit that I, I would say like a, a Christ-centered habit is to make it a point every seven days, gather and be challenged and encouraged and worship together because then you can go out the next six days and, and, and you know, spend that energy on, on great things and come back and be filled up again. But, but the idea of going, you know, I'm gonna make a commitment to attend weekly. Maybe some of you already do that, okay? Other thing, real quick, time out. It's not about just checking maybe one thing. You, you might check one thing and that's great, but you might go, you know, I should, I should, I should go that pizza thing. I need to kind of hear a little more about this, but you know, I should really look at following the reading plan. I'm going to check that too. Now you might check you know, three, four, five, whatever things. If you're checking all of them, that means something's wrong. So that don't do that. But I realize that you might check a few things. That's okay. And here's the deal. If you check anything on here, you're not going to get signed up and all of a sudden we're going, hey, this week, Wednesday, we have this big thing going on. Thanks for being here. And you're like, I got to work, okay? This is you going, I'd be interested in that or I want to look into that. And what you're going to get in the next couple of days is some information via email probably, uh, but some information that says, here's what it looks like to take this step or here's something you can do to understand more about what that step is. And so there's like different serve things where there's a little more to it. There's other things where like if you do follow the reading plan, that's an email that'll send you to a link that'll help you connect to our website into the reading plan and you can start reading the Bible. That's an easy one. So it's not you going, I'm going to do all this. It's you going, I, I could use some info because I want to find out about what that means. Is that, is that cool? Okay. So again, um, reading plans on here. Baptism. Next week is, is Baptism Sunday. 
If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, but since that decision, you haven't been water baptized, you, you need to take that step. It's the next step for you. So next Sunday, that's happening. If you check that, we'll give you some info about what that means. Um, worship night coming up this, uh, this Friday, sorry, a couple weeks from now, September 27th on a Friday night, we're going to gather and worship together for an extended period of time. A lot of times on Sundays, uh, we end up uh, having, having you know, 15 minutes of worship. We move on with the service. So uh, worship night. Um, Grove Family Podcast. Again, we put out a podcast every week to help you as a family, somebody in your kid, parent, mom, dad, aunt, uncle. Grove Family Podcast. Um, Jesus Explored Life Group. That's actually, you could consider that like a, like a faith 101, like the basics. And maybe you've crossed the line of faith, but you're brand new, or you've yet to cross the line of faith and you're kind of going, ah, I could use some more info. Check that one. We got a great leader, Rich Smith. He's a pastor that's going to help you understand and walk through that. Um, giving, tithe, give financially. Uh, we've said before, and Ryan actually mentioned it last week when I was here, I heard him say it. Um, the work of God has always been provided for by the people of God. And that's part of this journey of, yeah, us together, what we can do with our resources, but also it's you learning and trusting as you learn to give. So that's a step. Um, Bible podcast. We put out kind of a theological podcast every week as well. Um, connect with each other. Uh, Grove Men, we had it a couple of days ago. It happens every couple of months. Grove Women, same thing. You saw the video. They're doing a comedy night here, October 11th. Um, mops, if you thought that was women with mops, it's actually mothers of preschoolers. So just to be clear about that, that was horrible. That's a dad joke, huh? Like, come on. Okay. Um, men's conference, and then it says anchored women's retreat. It's because every other year, one year we'll do a men's, the next year we'll do a women's, the next year we'll do a men's, next year women's. So coming up this May, uh, there's, a, there's a men's conference, and if you're a guy, you can commit to that. And like I said, you get some info about the details. And I know that's a ways out. Women's retreat, same type of deal. Uh, give you some info about some things coming up to be aware of. Um, seniors class. If, if this is not seniors in high school, this is seniors, uh, like AARP, I guess. Is that, I get their mail. So it's for me too, I guess. But anyway, um, we have a class at 8.30 on Sundays that if, if you're a senior and you know about it, um, you could check that out. Curtis uh, leads that, does a great job. Becoming a member, that's a step. I'm heart and soul behind this. I want to jump in. I want to be committed to this. Um, join a life group. You're going to hear more in the next few weeks, but there's a little booth out in the lobby um, that you could sign up at. Grove Youth, we have a great youth ministry, brand new youth pastor. Joy did a great job there with worship. Her husband's Jesse. They're our youth pastors. They're, they're relatively new, but man, they're excellent, great people here. And um, so, so Wednesdays at 7, uh, Sundays at 11, Grove Youth Meet. Serve all. You'll notice on here, some of them are as needed, others are, are uh, more regular, and that's just basically like missions trips. We do random trips every year. Dates can change, by the way. Um, there is going to be a, a Bahamas trip happening here in the next little bit. Don't get excited about vacation, because that is not why we're going to the Bahamas. Um, if you caught Hurricane Dorian and you saw any of that, uh, we have some connections with a group that's helping us get on the ground there and do some rebuilding and, and stuff. Right now, it's recovery mode, and we're not trained for recovery. So in, in the next couple of months, there's going to be a trip, probably December, January, February. And if you want more info uh, about trips, you'll hear, hear more about that. You can click that. Um, give to the gift. That's what we do during Christmas to help families that are struggling. Um, I Heart Summer 2020. It's our outreach. Fight Hunger's coming up. Just ways you can help make that happen. Volunteer at Carnival. That's coming up. It's just a giant party we do on Halloween night as a safe place to invite the whole community. That's the whole facility it gets ransacked, but it's amazing. Um, add me to events team. That's just going, hey, every now and then we have events that we put you on a list and go, hey, there's one coming up in a few months. You want to help out? You got you can do this or that or whatever. Um, you can put that. And then regular I need to be done. I'm sorry. But uh, regular, it talks about worship team. That's more like a weekly every other week. Uh, Grove Kids, coffee host in the lobby, uh, which it says cafe team. Those are two different things. Cafe's up here, out over there. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, let's see. Grove Youth Team, help out with the students. Host Team, Hub Team, that's our greeters and, and ushers and info center. Security Team, we do have security every Sunday. We continue to, to, to want to make this a safe place and keep this a safe place. Production Team, help make Sundays happen, what happens on screen and stuff. Parking Team, um, in the Northwest, that's a fun one, so feel free to jump on that. And by the way, for those that do, God bless you. Thank you for that, because honestly... It's one thing to, to serve in an area where it's like, yeah, great. The parking's like, it's cold, wet. Thanks. You know, um, so cafe team, usher team, join the make a meal team. Make a meal is that families working through grief, loss, and, and stuff like that. It's hard to function. It's hard to want to make a meal when you just had surgery or you just lost a family member and you're hurting. Um, we have a team that literally will help make meals usually, you know, a couple nights a week or a few days in a row or whatever, just to lighten that burden. So um, I'm asking you to fill this out. I'm asking you literally, like, don't, you could say, hey, take it home, bring it back next week. You can do that, but the truth is, you're gonna take it home, you're gonna lose it, and then that's it. I wanna encourage you to look at taking a step. This is just info. This isn't you going, I'm doing this. This is you just getting info, but I don't want you to wait because, like I said, what happens is you just kind of forget. Fill this out. We will send you some more details about what it looks like for you to take that step specifically, and we're gonna take some steps together because it goes back to that question. What is the, the faith of this next generation worth to us? What is the faith of those we care about worth to us? And we want to continue to believe God wants us to make a difference all in this together. Amen. We're going to have the host team make their way forward right now. And we're going to, uh, we're going to collect this card. So fill that out, check some boxes. You'll get some info. Um, we're going to collect the giving. We mentioned ties and offerings. So we'll collect the giving as well. And then, um, if you filled out a connect card and you've got some info, you got a prayer request that you want prayer for, you can fill that out. We're going to collect all of this. Uh, let me pray. And then, um, and then we'll do that. God, thank you for all you're doing. Lord, I, the, the vision is, is big. Lord, we believe that, that you want us to, Lord, be a blessing, really not just to this community, but to the county. And, and, and Lord, it's not that we're macho and we think we're all that. That's not true. We just believe that, that you've put something in our hearts to steward your work with. And, and as a church that has grown, Lord, it just means that there's more of us that can be involved and, and more of us that are, are called to, to take a step together. And I just pray for your clarity in every heart. I pray for all of us to live in obedience, God. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing. It is humbling. It, it's wonderful. We love the communities that we're a part of, and we want to see people live for Christ. We believe it's a big deal for us, and we believe it's a big deal for people that don't know you yet. God, help us do it well in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.